It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. With his bright yellow shoes and his blue tights, he puts a low dribble on the floor. Hands to Cephalosha. He bounces it back to Donovan. Donovan, step back three on the left side. Good. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is the 6th of November edition of Locked On Jazz, and it's wildly, crazily, fabulously prepared. So it should be a great show. We'll look at what happened against Toronto and Houston. They're really good. We'll look at whether the Jazz have a problem with their starts. A quick 10-game synopsis of where the league stands And why is everybody good right now? That's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. Feeling good today. Glad to have you with you. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's program. I appreciate it. Uh, You can thank one of the hosts on the Locked on Podcast Network because this... He's, this guy is really works hard, wants to be great, um, really is committed to, to having a career in this. And the other day I listened to the open of his show, and it was all over the map. And I think, and I heard it, and I was like, and then I listened to the rest of the show, and it was great. And I was like, you know what? People didn't make it through the first five minutes of that show. And I emailed him, and he got pissed at me, and we went back and forth, and and I, I thought to myself, like, okay, I got to make sure I do the same thing. So today's show is beautifully organized, uh, going to be awesome, and it's all because of him. So sometimes you got to take your own advice, and uh, I need to do that. And for all the days in which you guys stuck through me babbling and working through things and figuring them all out together, I appreciate it. And frankly, you know what? That often happens when I record at 6 a.m. in the morning. I'm recording at 9. I've had a chance to get things together. I've gotten the kids off to the bus. And so a lot of that has to do with your schedule of the day, and that was his case as well. But anyway, uh, hope you're great. Uh, I'm David Locke. I think you probably know that. But if you're first time to the show, loved it. glad to have you. And if, you have, if you're not first time, tell a few friends so that they can become first timers uh, to the show. We'd love to get new listeners. Those are always good. Uh, you can get the show on iTunes and Android as any podcatchers. You can uh, get it on Alexa or Google Home or uh, however you want to. So thank you so much uh, for tuning in. Today's show is brought to you by Murdoch Chevy. They've got all sorts of great deals in November. But more importantly, it's Tyson's son Caleb's 10th birthday tomorrow. So happy birthday to Caleb over at Murdoch Chevy and Woods Cross and Devin Cash of Equity Real Estate. Uh, he's kind of the realtor of our show, and he brings you the show uh, today. All right, uh, what are we doing? I'm going to walk through the last two games we always do with advanced analytics. I'm going to talk to you about what kind of happened in those two games. We got blasted. Why? Uh, I'm a little concerned about our – okay, I'm a lot concerned about our starts. We're going to dig in second level on those. Uh, then we're going to look around the NBA, and then Nylon Calculus did an interesting piece today about that we all know that 20 games is the real moment where you just look at the standings at 20 games and the chances are seven of the eight playoff teams will hold on each side, or at least last year I think it was 14 of 16 held. Uh, Ten games has a standard deviation of about .65, so pretty good correlation. Ten games in if you use the basketball reference um, strength performance based on opponents and so we'll look at that so that's the show 
All right. Hope that sounds good. Let's get right to it. Uh, we always do this. We try to look at the advanced analytics. I'm trying to shorten it up. I don't want to totally geek people out. Um, I actually think we're going to really learn something here about Toronto and Utah. So the story of the weekend, big, big picture story is the defense got beat twice badly. Uh, and so what happened and how is what I'm going to try to give you here. Sometimes I get criticized. We give you numbers and don't give you any value to them. So how did it happen? First of all, in the Toronto game, the Raptors' offensive rating was a 117.5. Their effective field goal percentage was 61%. League average is 51. The game was slow-paced at 92.8. We gave up a huge amount of mid-range points at 18. Huh? Explain that in a second. And uh, 36 points to the paint, which is high for us. And then Toronto hit 11 of 30 uh, from three. Toronto's really good. They lost last night to Washington. First game back from a long road trip. But I like Toronto, even though they're five and four, is the number one seed in the East if Boston ever decides to lose. Uh, so our offense that night was a 108. All right. So even though Rodney Hood goes six of 19, and Rubio goes 3 of 12. The offense is pretty good that night. If we have an offensive rating of 108, we're generally going to win. And if we have a defensive rating of 118, we're never going to win. So the defense is the problem that night. So what happened? Well, the first thing is the Raptors hit 28 of 51 uncontested shots. 55% of uncontested shots. that I don't know the exact number, but that's incredible. Now, 51 of their 71 shots were uncontested, so that's not great. But they that is ridiculous. They hit 55% of their uncontested shots. We hit 36%, which is low, and we only got 39. More of our shots were contested. Uh, but, okay, so it's a little bit of like, holy smokes, they were hot. How specifically... Were they hot in that game? If we back it up and we look at their shot chart and where they were shooting from, you're going to find out that they were, you know, they were even hotter than we realized. This is a weird phenomenon to try to get people to grasp, but most shots, particularly uncontested shots like that, the defense. That's where it's a make-or-miss league. Now, you'd like to contest more shots. Scott Brooks always just says the defense is just contesting shots. And I think he might be right. So we probably allowed too many uncontested shots. And there's certain level where if you're not putting up resistance, they're getting into a rhythm. And there's more to it. But on the simplest terms of things, sometimes teams just get hot. So if we play around with what the league average on things are, the Rockets, league, the league average on a mid-range shot, excuse me, this is the Raptors. The league average on a mid-range shot is 40%. The Raptors, and actually if you just take paint, non-restricted area, and inside the three-point line. So anything that's not restricted area three, the league average is basically 40%. Easy way to think about it. It's not quite accurate, but it's close enough for the purposes of the conversation that we probably should hold with it. They were 13 of 23 like, those are generally contested shots. They were 13 of 23. That's kind of awesome, is what happened there. So, they're 13 of 23. League average says that in 23 attempts, you're supposed to make 40% of them. You're probably supposed to be about 10 of 23. They're above the break shooting was just fine. We kept them out of the three-point shots, as we often do. We only allowed 19 shots 
in the restricted area. They happen to make a, one more than probably league average would be there. Uh, we, we really did a pretty good job against them, except for they got hot from the mid-range and made some shots. And, you know, I don't have second-level stuff here where I can figure out whether their mid-range shots were contested. But it, truthfully, that's what happened in Toronto. More, more so than anything else, that's, pro- that's what happened in Toronto, is that they hit an unusually high amount of shots. Um, and then if we lost by nine, and if some of those don't go in, then the Jazz, frankly, have a chance to probably win that game with the offensive performance that they had. Uh, and Toronto's really good. The Jazz that night, on those same exact shots, and we're not as good a shooting team, were 8 of 30. Okay, now 30 shots for us in the mid-range is too many in a night. But we were we were 8 of 30. We The problem there is you probably want to have about 30% of your shots, 35% of your shots, being mid-range shots. And... We're, we were too high on that. 35 of our 80 shots were mid-range shots. So to, s- to give Toronto credit, they got us to take shots where we didn't want to. Our shot selection is the problem, and we didn't get our corner threes. We only got three corner threes that night. We did well at the rim. We were right around league average on our above-the-break three. We just They hit their mid-range shots. We didn't. We took too many mid-range shots against Toronto. Okay, we'll get to Houston here in a second. But, as I mentioned, it's Caleb's birthday. And so, you should go buy a truck from Murdoch Chevy because it's Caleb's birthday. Now, that seems really weird. And it's probably a terrible reason. But, if you're going to go buy a truck, you should do it at Murdoch Chevy. Because Chevy has got a truck line that has all three truck segments right now. The heavy-duty in Silverado. The light-duty half-ton truck, Silverado. And the mid-size Colorado. Colorado's got the diesel. We've got the unibody frame, which is safer. One frame. And Chevy, I mean, it speaks for itself, right? You've got all sorts of... The heavy-duty Silverado has got the Allison transmission. It's got the Silverado HD. And that's what Chevy does. It's what Murdoch does. It's what Murdoch's been doing for 91 years in Utah. Even 10 of them for Caleb's life is getting you great deals. And it's the Murdoch family, the family I've gotten to know and understand what their whole thing. It's their no-regrets philosophy of making sure they can do everything they can control in the process to make sure that you have a fabulous car-buying experience. It's the bread and butter is the Chevy family. Murdoch family runs deep with Chevy with 91 years of selling these trucks, selling these cars. They've also got the SUV lineup of the Suburban, the Tahoe, the Equinox, the Traverse, and the Trax. The Traverse has three rows of seating, by the way, if you're looking for that. So that is over in Woods Cross, Tyson and the crew over at Murdoch Chevy. If you're looking to get a truck, if you're looking for a Chevy, do it over at Murdoch Chevy. And while you go in, stop by and tell Tyson to wish Caleb a happy 10th birthday. Life is complicated, especially right now. You're spending more time inside, unable to go to restaurants, and that means you're cooking dinner. But if you're like me, I hate cooking. Multiple trips to the grocery store, hours of monotonous meal prep just so you can scarf down your food in minutes. So when it's dinner time, I grab my phone, open up an app, and order something. But after convenience fees, delivery fees, and who knows whatever other fees, it ends up being close to $100 for two people. 
but then I met Freshly. Just put up your feet and relax while Freshly chefs and nutritionists do all the hard work. All you do is heat for three minutes and dinner's done. Imagine a better for you golden oven fried chicken, steak peppercorn with sauteed carrots and French green beans, and my personal favorite, buffalo chicken with loaded mashed cauliflower. It's got fewer carbs. That's just a few of the 30-plus health-conscious options to choose from. Freshly understands that food needs to be delicious, healthy, and simple, because let's be honest here, if it's not easy, I'm not going to do it, and if it doesn't taste good, I don't want to eat it. Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off, $40 off for their first two orders at Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. All right, let's go to the Houston game. The Houston game, we ran into one of the greatest offensive performances in the history of the NBA. James Harden last night had 56 points, 13 assists. His 13 assists contributed to nine three-pointers. He combined for 91 points, contributed only James Harden once before in Wilt Chamberlain. The night he scored 100 points has ever done that. Only Wilt Chamberlain has ever scored 50 points, had 10 assists, and shot over 75%. Only Michael Jordan has ever scored more points in 25 shot attempts than James Harden did. James Harden equaled the most points ever scored in 20 shot attempts when he scored 50 in the first 20. If he had stopped right there. It is one of the singular great offensive performances by one of the greatest offensive players ever in the history of the game, and the Jazz were on the wrong side of it. Coming into the game... The Jazz philosophy, which won two of the three games last year, was to force the Rockets, who the night before against Atlanta had taken only one mid-range shot the entire game, to take shots in the paint non-restricted area as well as in the mid-range. That the Jazz would cover the pick and roll with two people. One on Capella, one on Harden. Hold to the three-point shooters. Not allow them to get their three-point shots off. And that's what won them two of the three games against the Rockets last year. It it just dissolved as the night went on. Harden got hot. Then he started hitting three-point shooters. Then they couldn't miss. Then the a law of averages numbers-wise came and got the Jazz. James Harden missed his first 20 shots of the season in the paint non-restricted area this year. His first 20 shots in the paint non-restricted area, he missed. <laughs> Right? I mean, ridiculous. Well, he he finally got it going again. Right? That's the the law of averages was when he came in at 4 of 24 in the paint non-restricted area that that was probably going to change. And guess what? It changed, and we were on the wrong side of it. But Harden had missed his first 20, then gone 2 of 4, and against us last night, Early on in the game, when the Jazz forced him into those paint non-restricted shots, my memory is he missed his first one and then promptly made, you know, three, his next four. He had three of five on the night. Those were his only misses late. I mean, that's the shots you want Harden to take. The Jazz defense got throttled last night. Defensive rating was a 132. Again, though, the offense was a 106.5. Like, not bad. And here's what gets kind of interesting when you look at where the Jazz offense is right now is the Jazz offense is 
beginning to maybe possibly click in a little bit. Like, there were some pretty dreadful games early in the season. Now, it's a little misleading in the sense that when you're getting throttled, maybe you're not going to have as much resistance on the other side. And the Jazz, two worst defensive games in the year were this weekend. They also were probably the two best teams they've played. But the offense, best game of the year against the, the offense has had was against Denver. Second best was Dallas. Third best was Toronto. Fourth best was last night. So all of a sudden, the Jazz offense... Three of the last four games are three of the best off three of the four best offensive games of the year. They're not great. Like we haven't had a good offensive one ten night or you know the league best is one ten. We haven't broken one hundred nine point two. And you know, frankly, we're our best offensive nights four and three and four are still below league average at one hundred five point eight and one hundred five point two. But we generally are going to win games when we do that. Our defensive rating has been under a hundred and one. In all but three games, the Clippers, the Raptors, and the Rockets got us. But otherwise, when our offense is better, we'll win. So there, there's some positive, a little bit of a positive underlying theme here is that the offense is beginning to be better than it was. And we happen to run into two teams that went bananas on us the other way. The effective field goal percentage of the Rockets was 74. The game was rocket fast at 104 possessions. And I do think that some of the offensive numbers are a little skewed because it was just a whitewash. Um, but let's dig into the whitewash a little bit. Again, uncontested shots. The Rockets went 30 of 50. 60%. James Harden went 11 of 16. Eric Gordon went 4 of 9. Trevor Reese went 4 5 of 9. Now, probably we need to not be giving up 50 uncontested shots, but frankly, we got 51 against the Rockets. We made 21. You, le- the league does not make 60%. This is back-to-back nights where, yes, we probably gave up too many uncontested shots, but it's not natural that teams are shooting 60% in this league on uncontested shots. I don't have the league average on uncontested shots. I'll see if I can find that. But that is, that is, this is a case in which you just ran into two teams that made a buttload of shots. The Rockets were, both of them were, the Rockets were 29th in the league in three-point shooting and the Raptors were 30th coming into the night. It sounds weird, but we just hit both of them at a terrible time. At some, neither of those teams are the worst shooting teams in the league. And so the numbers came back that way. And prepping for both of them, the thought crossed my mind. I'll give you, like, we should give you a skew-to-average net warning. So let's look at their shot chart. It's incredible looking at Rockets' shot charts. It's, it's just amazing. So they only took 12 shots in the, mid, in the mid-range. They took six. But that's a huge amount for them, actually. Um, and they hit 7 of 12. Again, league average is 40%. They should be hitting 5 of 12. About. They hit 7 of 12. That's, I mean, they blew us out, right? They were 2 of 6 on corner threes. They usually take 10 corner threes. We held them to 6. They were 21 of 33 on above-the-break threes. 21 of 33, 64%. The league average is 36%. At some point, this is just, you got hit. Just, 
you, you walked into Vegas, you played the roulette wheel, which is stupid, and you just got hit. I mean, there's there's not a lot to that one other than, wow, they were insane. And James Harden, one of the great offensive players in the game, got it going. The Jazz took another 26 shots in the mid-range. Okay, so that's, again, if I'm going to critique... 26 of 88 is not as bad as it was against Toronto. That's 29%, and you're, so you're at 70%. That's actually pretty good dist- shot distribution. That's actually pretty good shot distribution. We got eight corner threes off, which you want. We got 28 shots at the rim. We were 10 of 26, right on league average, on above the break threes. We, you know... We took we hit thirty eight percent league average is thirty six our mid rangers we were one off one shot off. That's it. I mean, you're nine to twenty six on mid range. You should be ten of twenty six. And we're three of eight on our corner threes. Our offense was not. I mean, we just got hit. Woo! And it was awesome. James Harden was awesome. So my summary of the two nights of what happened to the Jazz defense is they did give up fifty uncontested looks in each game, which isn't great. But there was an unusual level of shot-making in the mid-range by Toronto and above the break by, by Houston. And I'm, I'm just not entirely sure how you combat that. I'm really not. All right, let's get to the next, my concern. So my concern right now is whether or not we're starting well enough. And I want to dig into it with you a little bit. So, in the first quarter, we've been outscored by 25 points in 10 games. And we've been outscored in the last two. We were down three at the end of one, 11 to Toronto. Trailed Dallas by six. Trailed Phoenix by 10. Trailed the Clippers by seven. Trailed Minnesota by three. And trailed Denver by nine. So, in 10 games, we've only led at the end of the first quarter... On three occasions, the Lakers were on a back end, a back-to-back, the Thunder and the Blazers. Okay? So that's that's a little disconcerting. What's more disconcerting to me, and now I'm going to have to – I didn't have the capability of having both these numbers ready, so we're going we're gonna to run these together, is the first six minutes. So the first timeout is happening at the, somewhere at the seven-minute mark. That's where the Jazz are making their first substitution. There's some reasons. So let's take the first – Six minutes of the quarter. I've built something. Now, this one, the la- it's really a last three-game phenomenon. We're down six, we're down six, we're down three. Our offensive rating in the first six minutes of the first quarter is a 92.1. It ranks 26th in the NBA. And it was good against Dallas. It was Against Portland, it was awful. Against Toronto, it was awful. Against Houston, it was, eh. We were just getting throttled on the other end. So it feels as though, to me, we're starting we're starting very slowly in these games. And then maybe by the end, we pick it up a little bit. I, I don't know if this is actually accurate. That's why I wanted to have it. I had a feeling, if I have this feeling, other people do. The fact is that our offensive rating for the entire quarter is a 90.8. So actually, when we sub out, and go to our first range, it gets worse. And we're 29th in the league offensively. In the first quarters of games, 
And we're now 10th defensively because of the last two. It, really, because the Rockets put up 1.63 on us. And uh, we had a good offense game. So that's, that's a con- the third quarters, which is really the same exact substitution. We're 19th in the league offensively. And our defensive rating is now 28th in the league because the last three third quarters have been dreadful. We rank 28th in the league now defensively in third quarters. And we've been outscored in the last three. uh, We've been outscored in five of them for the season. We're minus 22 in third quarters. And again, trying to look at that first six minutes. Now, what's interesting here is that Rodney is terrific offensively in third quarters and has not gotten going. He has 10 points in 10 games in the first quarter. Yet. So take a look at this, and we look at the first six minutes, and that's actually where we've struggled is the first six minutes of third quarters were been outscored in seven of the ten again. And we're, but we're only minus nine because the Dallas game, we were good. Um, and we crushed them. But our defense has been really, really bad in the first six minutes of third quarters. Like against Denver, it was a 127, Oklahoma City a 120, the Clippers 135, Phoenix 115, Portland 144, Toronto 126, uh, Houston 134. Our defense has been terrible in the first six minutes of the third quarters. So why? I, I don't know. The ongoing question we've had for years is whether the Gobert-Favors combo works. They have now been outscored this year. And the defensive rating is now over 100. It's still good at 101. Uh, but the last few games against Portland, Toronto, and Houston, it's been not good. And they are now being outscored. So for the first time, uh, the defense has not been good enough by Favors and Gobert to overcome the lack of offense. The offense is under 100. The, the offense has kind of been that way for a while. The question there is, is there, you know, if we try to dig into it, and I don't really know how to dig into it, is there a third player that's impacting it? So I I took a look at this. In 121 minutes that favors Gobert and Hood are on the floor, I thought that might be negative. It's not. It's plus five. And in the, the group as a whole has been on for 197 in those 70s. Uh, 76 minutes without Hood, they're minus 13. So that could be the two. Um, Rodney goes out, Donovan comes in. So I was looking at favors. So then you kind of look at favors and Gobert with Donovan Mitchell. They're plus one, actually, in 73 minutes. So I, I haven't really figured out. Maybe it's, Ru- you know, with Rubio... Favors and Gobert have played 179 of their 197 minutes together with Rubio, and they're minus 20. A lot of non-shooters on the floor at that point. And then in the other 18 minutes, they're plus 12. I I don't know what those other 18 minutes are. Uh, but they are they are plus twelve on those other eighteen minutes. So I 
I played around today to try to see what that is that's not working entirely. It's not as bad as I thought it was. But it's it's not great. Today's show is brought to you by Devin Cash of Equity Real Estate. Devin has been with us since the very beginning. That's the coolest part about Devin. And my favorite part are letters like what I got from Zach Campbell. I'm writing because I have to change my pin across the world. You read mine in the early days of the pins when I was in Hilo, Hawaii, going to pharmacy school. I changed my pin to Bountiful, Utah. How'd I end up here? My love of the jazz, your hard work on the podcast, and Devin Cash. Devin really went to bat for us, ensured we got in our home, not just a house. He kept us in the loop every step of the way, handled adversity like a champ. What most people don't realize about Realtor is their ability to establish rapport with the counterparts plays a huge role in how the sale proceeds. Devin is simply a downright good guy, which fosters positive relationships with everyone he interacts with. We have several other people vying for the home we purchased, and I credit Devin's interpersonal skills, real estate savvy, to us to return to the Mecca of the Utah Jazz in a perfect home. I, in addition to getting us to the most excellent home, Devin also facilitated my childhood dream since the early 90s of being a proud Jazz season ticket holder. Thank you, Locke. Thank you, Devin Cash, enabling my rabid Jazz fandom while being on full display uh, with my sweet seats as we usher in a new era of Jazz basketball greats. That was from Dev- Zach Campbell, Tim and Whitney McKee, Ryan, Natalie, Gubbler, They've all hit me up with it because Devin Cash has been that good to them. If you're looking to buy or sell your house, call Devin Cash at 801-759-1495. That's 801-759-1495. 801-759-1495. If you're moving, Devin can help you with relocation in your new city and get you the right realtors and follow the process through. If you just want to know your market value, have Devin do a free market analysis for you. That's 801-759-1495. 801-759-1495. Hi, this is Nate Duncan from Locked On's Hollinger and Duncan podcast. Those of you who listen to our show know that I try to take a measured approach. I'm not prone to hyperbole. It really takes something special to get me excited. But with all that said, Theragun is simply one of the best products that I have ever used. I just turned 40. I've always loved to work out, to play basketball when it's safe. And as I got into my 30s, it just wasn't possible to do that anymore the way I wanted to because my body didn't feel right. And Theragun has helped me fix so many of the aches and pains. I tried everything, massages, chiropractors, this at-home device, handheld percussive therapy has worked better than any of those for me. And now the all-new Gen 4 Theragun has a proprietary brushless motor. It's so quiet. It's no louder than an electric toothbrush. And best of all, you can try Theragun risk-free for 30 days. There's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4 with an OLED screen, personalized Theragun app, and the quiet and power you need starts at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on, the name of this network right now, and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on. Theragun.com slash locked on. All right. Uh, everyone's really good. Have you noticed this? Like, no one, the Bulls are terrible at 2-6. and six. The Nets are 3-6 and six and might not be terrible, but they're probably terrible. The Hawks are trying to lose at 2-8. and eight. The Kings are 1-6, and six and the Mavericks are 1-10. and ten. That's it. There's only five teams in the NBA that are bad right now. It's really interesting. Pelicans are 5-5. Five and five. Phoenix is suddenly 4-6. and six. Lakers are 5-5. Five and five. Bucks are 4-5. and five. Heat won last night in L.A. They're 4-5. and five. 
Hornets are five and five. Knicks are five and four. Pacers are five and five. Seventy Sixers come to town Tuesday. Tickets are available. UtahJazz.com. They're five and four. You got to come see Ben Simmons. So we only have a there's only like a ten percent standard deviation or sixty five percent standard deviation of accuracy here. Game twenty is when it clicks. Game twenty is when it clicks. Uh, but. Basketball Reference kind of weighs the schedule and things. Here, here's what Basketball Reference has for the Eastern Conference 1 through 8 right now. Boston, Toronto, Detroit, so they pretty fun. Washington, Orlando, Philadelphia, Indiana, and the Knicks. Kind of interesting, right? Kind of interesting. The Knicks in there. Hornets right out, Bucks right out, Heat, then Cavaliers. I, I think Cleveland should be very concerned. So Indiana five and five, Philadelphia five and four, Orlando still holding ground, and and these teams can fall off. This is not again the standard deviation is not brilliant. It's it's good. It's not brilliant. In the West, you have the Warriors won the Thunder two at four and five. Really interesting. Clippers five and four three, Blazers six and four. And what we're looking is, by the way, is they have a simple rating system, a team rating that takes into account average point differential, strength of schedule. And kind of looking at how that you perform above and below average. It's a pretty good system by basketball reference. So the Warriors are one. They're incredible. Oklahoma City's two. Thunder, excuse me, Clippers are three at five and four. Blazers are six and four at four. All right. Rockets are five. Grizzlies are six and four at six. Spurs drop way off at seven. Minnesota and the Jazz are tied for eight, nine. Lakers are 10, Pelicans 12, Denver 13. There are 13 teams in the NBA that are vying for, in the Western Conference that are vying for the playoffs. That can't be right. It's got to be 12. I must have miscounted somewhere there. It's got to be 12. Um, Sacramento, Phoenix, and Dallas are not. Right? Atlanta, Brooklyn, Chicago are not. So there's three teams on each side. That aren't great. I think the Nets could get a little bit better as the year goes on. I don't know if they're a playoff contender, but I think they'll get a little bit better. So there's there's five, six teams that are not good. Otherwise, every other team in the West, other than the Thunder, are, are 500 or better, with the Thunder being four and five. The Rockets and the Celtics have the best records in the league, and the Celtics' numbers match it. The Rockets does not. They haven't. They have not played a great schedule, though. Uh, they have a win over Golden State, and then their other five other teams they've played. Philadelphia is the only other above five hundred team they've played. But it's a pretty interesting situation where everyone's pretty good, and there we are, right in it, battling for eight. I have another system I use, which is the road to forty-five wins. Probably should do this for tomorrow. We're at thirty-minute mark. And I'll have nothing new for tomorrow. So we'll do that tomorrow. I'll look at the road of 45 wins tomorrow. I think you'll be relatively pleased uh, at where we sit here. 45 is a big number for us this year. I don't I don't know that I think we're completely good enough to go get 45. But I, I mapped out what we would have to do to get to 45. And I'll share that with you tomorrow. Today's show brought to you by Murdoch. 
Tyson Murdoch by Murdoch Chevy, Caleb's 10th birthday. They're celebrating. Wish him a happy birthday. And Devin Cash of Equity Real Estate. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's program. This is Locked On Jazz, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.